Hello everyone and welcome back to the Drew View. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about Ron DeSantis's expansion of the so-called don't say gay bill, how the Fed is dealing with our current economic situation, what the TikTok CEO is claiming, and how the Federalist Party in America left the arena just after it entered. I'm Drew Bennett and you're listening to the Drew View. Thank you guys for tuning back into another episode. I just want to give you guys another thank you for sticking around for another week of content. I hope you have enjoyed the episodes this week and continue to get more out of each episode. I hope you're enjoying the content, sharing it with your friends, letting them know what's going on over at the Drew View. I hope you've enjoyed this week. Now, the first thing I want to get into is Ron DeSantis's expansion of the Don't Say Gay bill. That is what uh, critics have called it to high schools. So if you don't know, basically what the Don't Say Gay Bill does is it bans any lesson on sexual orientation and gender identity, anything like that. It originally, I believe, was for grades, you know, uh, up until third grade. And now he is looking to expand it uh, until fourth through twelfth grade. Now, what does that mean for us? Well, this is one of those topics that I go back and forth on, and I kind of see both sides on this one, because on one hand, we have people who identify as different genders or who have different sexual orientations or whatever you want to call it, and who identify like that. And you're going to be seeing more and more people like that in our world. That is just the fact of the matter, whether you like it or not. And I don't think that the best thing to do is to just completely act like it doesn't exist and to just be silent about it. But on the other hand, I don't think it needs to be integrated into every single lesson. I don't think every single thing we do has to revolve around it. I think there's a good balance somewhere in between there. Now, I think that it's definitely one of those situations where it's a time and a place thing. There's a time and a place to talk about these things, and there's a time and a place where we shouldn't talk about these things. For example, I was in one of my psychology classes, and one of the videos that we were watching in psychology was transitioning kids. And these were not just, you know, children who were, you know, 13, 14, 15 years old. We were watching kids as young as five years old go through uh, sex reassignment surgeries or whatever they're called, you know, where they have their parts removed and different things like that. And I was very uncomfortable sitting in class watching this happen to a five-year-old because I'm just thinking to myself, you cannot consent to like sexual activity uh, in a legal sense until you're in most states at 17 or 18 years old. And now we're having five-year-olds make permanent life decisions about their gender. And I just like in that situation, I felt like that was a bad place and a bad time to be watching that video. Now, I think if you're in your junior year of high school and you see somebody walk into your class that either identifies as a different gender or whatever, and I, if you want to ask them or ask the teacher, anything like that, if you just have questions, like, I don't think that should be frowned upon. I don't think the teacher should be getting in trouble, anything like that. I think that's a bit bizarre uh, that we're going to, like, not allow that because eventually you get to a point where uh, you you are going to have questions, you are going to have these different things, and we can't just punish teachers for talking about things that uh, are right out in the open. So again, it's one of those situations where I just think some sort of balance needs to happen. Now, we can talk about the a reason that DeSantis is doing this, right? It's obviously strictly political. 
you know, he wants his name to be in the news above Donald Trump. He wants to make sure that people are still keeping his name in headlines because, after all, he's slipping in the polls to Donald Trump for the Republican nomination, and he doesn't like that. So he's going to try and do everything in his power to appease the conservative base. And you're going to see this a lot. He's going to be attacking Trump from the right and from the left. He's going to attack Trump on both the, both of the sides, and that is going to be something that you can kind of constantly look out for. And one of those things is he wants to make sure that people think that, oh, he's the most uh, far-right Republican in terms of this whole gender thing. And I guess the last thing I want to comment on that is, uh, you know, I, I think that there are some situations in when lessons should be able to be taught. You know, there's different classes that I have taken, such as like sociology, where topics like this have been covered. And I feel like they've been covered in a responsible way. They have been covered where, you know, it's not super opinionated. It's just laying out facts. It's laying out, um, you know, people's opinions, whether people agree or disagree. And, you know, it was it was very uh, it was done very well. And I think that just some discretion has to be used here. I think that if if someone is if a teacher is just trying to integrate this into every single lesson because they want to push an agenda, that's a bit overboard. But I think that just talking about these things when they come up is not something that we should be punishing teachers for. So I think there's a balance somewhere in there. All right, moving on to the next topic, we have the Fed raising interest rates a quarter of a percentage point. So obviously, this has been done to fight inflation. We've seen this the past couple of cycles and the past couple of times they have met, they have raised the rates. Now, we have to understand that inflation, while they may be claiming it's going down or cooling, I talked about that before, it is still roughly three times higher than pre-pandemic levels, three times higher. Now, one of the things that we do have to recognize with that as well is that bank failures are happening because these interest rates are so high. So the Fed, I think I talked about this earlier in the week, but the Fed was put in a really tough position because you have the bank failures, you have inflation that's still high. What are we going to do about it? We can't raise them too high or more banks are going to fail. But if we don't raise them at all, then uh, inflation is not going to be curbed uh, or, or slowed or cooled at all. We're going to keep seeing record high inflation just continue to rise. So it's really hard for them to balance right now. And, and they're really in a, a tough position. It's a position that I don't think anyone in their right mind would want to be in because you have to make a lot of very important and very key decisions on what's going to happen with situations like this. Are we going to allow more banks to collapse? Uh, or, or rather, are we going to risk more banks collapsing to try and further reduce inflation? Or are we going to let inflation continue to rise while banks continue to succeed? It's it's really a, a slippery slope and it's it's a hard, hard position that I would not want to be in. on, And uh, I don't think anyone would want to be in that position, honestly. Now, it is one thing that's important to note that we are at the highest rate since 2007. Our interest rate is at the highest rate since 2007, and it's the ninth consecutive rate increase. They have increased the rates nine consecutive times. One thing to keep in mind with that is that hikes are most likely going to stop soon because future hikes, they're saying, are dependent on future data and seeing what we're seeing with, uh, you know, the bank collapses and the bank failures and the financial crisis that we're kind of in right now, it's definitely something that I don't see continuing to happen. 
And it's definitely something to note that they are only raising it a quarter of a percentage point, not any more drastically. Now, a lot of times in the past couple of times that they've met, they said there's going to be ongoing increases. And one notable thing is that they did not say that this time. And it, you know, it's something that they had said previously, but they're not saying it now. So that might also lead us to believe that, no, this is probably the highest the interest rates are going to get. They're probably not going to raise those anymore. The next thing I'm going to talk about today is America's favorite app and the app that makes me shake my head the most, the good old TikTok. So the TikTok CEO says that the app is never shared info with China's government and they've never been requested to sell U.S. user data with China. They've never been contacted by the Chinese government about that. And, And doesn't that make you scratch your head for a little while? You know, so TikTok was created by a Chinese tech firm, uh, ByteDance or something like that. And it's, it's, it just makes you think, okay, so if, if these places, you know, this, this ByteDance has access to all of this data from Americans, you don't think that at any point in time, China ever reached out to them, that CCP ever reached out and said, hmm, you mind if we... Uh, snag some of that data really quick on some of those Americans. Uh, They're not our best buds, guys. China is not our best buds. And if they could find out about U.S. citizens and and get more information on us and and learn more and more about America and how they can be better than us and improve where we are at our lowest and places like that, like you don't think China at all ever reached out to this company and asked for any sort of data whatsoever. I have a very, 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 very hard time believing that. We'll see what happens. I believe today they are supposed to testify or talk to Congress about this and and kind of have a meeting with Congress. And I guess that this is one issue that I'm surprised I, I believe is pretty bipartisan is Trump and Biden have both mentioned that TikTok might be banned because of of the connections to potentially the CCP and the Chinese government. And that is one thing I I will give both leaders credit for. You know, President Trump and President Biden both mentioned that they believe that TikTok, if it is connected to the CCP, is a threat to our country. And I think that that's really important that we do have some unity there. So you got to recognize unity when you see it. But one of the things that I just want to say while we're on the topic of TikTok, and, and this is something that was brought up to me and I still I still haven't gotten over this. I believe uh, somebody told me this a week ago, uh, give or take. And and that is that one sixth of Americans get their news from TikTok. One sixth of Americans get their news from TikTok. You have got to be kidding me. Are you serious right now with all the misinformation that's on TikTok, with all of the Uh, you know, emotional responses that people have on there. They don't think rationally. They just think emotionally. And the fact that that's where one-sixth of the free world, America, the land of the free, gets their news from, that is just sickening to me. Just absolutely ridiculous. But anyway, I don't want to think about that too much. It makes me nauseous. Let's move on to our next topic. Alrighty, folks, now we're going to get into our Throwback Thursday section. This is where I talk about an event from American history. And a few of the things I want to talk about today are just 
the Alien and Sedition Acts, the election of 1800, and kind of how the Federalist Party kind of fell off the face of the earth kind of as soon as they popped up. So, what is the Alien and Sedition Acts, first off? Well, John Adams signed them into law in 1798. It increased the residency requirement for citizenship, I believe, from like five years to 14 years or something like that. It allowed the president to deport or imprison non-citizens, and it restricted, this was the important one, restricted any anti-government speech. Now, think about that today. Any anti-government speech. Could you imagine how many people would be in jail if we had a law prohibiting anti-government speech? Oh my gosh. I don't even know how this law got through, to be honest with you. It just, you know, I think about it and I hear about it in history and I'm like, how did anybody think that this would be a good idea? Now, it, it was supposed to prevent from foreign threats, but all it did was it, it turned into a domestic political tool that was usually used by the Federalists against Democratic Republicans, which I believe I mentioned this earlier, but Democratic Republicans were all one party. I know it sounds like an oxymoron today, but they were one party. It was called the Democratic Republican Party. But anyway, the Federalists used this as a political tool against them. It wasn't used as a protection from foreign threats, and there was you know, continued debate over the purpose of government because of this. They were like, okay, we just started this new country, we have these new laws in place, and we're already starting to use the government, uh, and we're, we're going to weaponize the government. And one of the things that it is kind of scary to me is that they uh, weaponize the government against their political rivals. All right, this is where I would go, caw, caw. But uh, does that not sound familiar, weaponizing the government against political rivals? Uh, anyway, let's not get too conspiratorial or anything. But, you know, this was justified by war, right? Uh, war is, a, as it is famously said, is the father of all things. And they used the war uh, because, if you didn't know, at this time in 1798, the U.S. and France were fighting this, like, quasi-war. It wasn't really a war. It was sort of a Cold War-type thingy. And they just wanted to make sure that there wasn't too many people out there talking bad about the government. Well, that's not what it turned into. It just turned into a law that was used to fight against political opponents. But when it all was said and done, Jefferson, because of this, really capitalized on this two years later when there was an election. He was running against John Adams. He won the election, obviously, because it brought up such a negative reaction. And he beat Adams in what would later be called the Revolution of 1800. Now, one thing I also wanted to talk about is this election of 1800. Like, what is so special about this election? Well, one thing I kind of wanted to do is take a step back. And, you know, sometimes we think in our government and we, we look and we see different elections and we're like, man, those founding fathers, we should just be more like them. They were so uh, presidential. They were so just upstanding men who always said the right things and were always just very well-spoken. And we're just terrible today. You know, all we do is make personal attacks. And, and, and one thing I wanted to do is I definitely think there's some merit to that. But even in, you know, America's what this would be fourth, I think the fourth election, uh, we were already into a position where it was getting really nasty right after George Washington had warned about 
the dangers of factions and political parties and things like that. We had already gotten political parties and we already got to fighting in campaigns where there were just nasty comments made. So I want to read you a few quotes from each of the camps and you can kind of see where I'm coming from here. So Jefferson's camp, they accused President Adams of having, quote, hideous hermaphrodic, oh my gosh, what a word, hermaphrodictical character. I'm sorry, I don't even know what that means, which has neither the force and firmness of a man nor the gentleness and sensibility of a woman. Ouch, that's uh, quite the attack. That's pretty nasty and very sexist. Um, But anyway, then Adams and his camp in return called Jefferson a mean-spirited, low-lived fellow, the son of a half-breed Indian squaw, Served by a Virginia mulatto father. Man, they really stuck to the issues back then, didn't they? Huh, no. Um, Even back then, there were personal attacks, and that's kind of one of the things I wanted to mention, is sometimes we think that we're just uniquely bad in, uh, you know, the history of America. And while we're definitely not in a great spot, we're just as ruthless, if not more ruthless, than they were back then, but they definitely weren't all uh, sunshine and lollipops back then themselves. You know, Adams was labeled a fool, a hypocrite, a criminal, and a tyrant, while Jefferson was branded a weakling, an atheist, a libertine, and a coward. So, you know, people say that elections are bad today, but I just got to question that. Uh, And and one thing you do have to note, though, that this didn't happen at, like, they didn't have rallies or they didn't campaign on TV. They spent most of the time at their homes because campaigning wasn't really something that happened until a lot later in American history. Hopefully you got something out of that, whether that be a laugh or a smile, or maybe you learned something. Who knows? But hope you enjoyed that segment of this week's Throwback Thursday. As I mentioned previously, this week, you're going to see next week's content kind of be all over the place. Some of it will be news from the day that I'm uploading. Some of it will be pre-recorded stuff that kind of doesn't really correlate to the day's news, but has Uh, either something to do with history or things like that, just because I'm going to be on vacation and I'm not going to be able to be there to upload uh, and record every single episode for the week. Maybe I will. Maybe I'll surprise myself and be able to record all four days and upload all four days and you will get up to the minute news and information and stuff like that. But if not, I apologize, but you will get some pre-recorded content. You will see four days of content next week, like always. Thank you guys for sticking around this week. I love you all, and I'm going to get into my closing prayer real quick. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for another week of content I've been able to upload. Father, I just pray that the words that you want to come out of my mouth are the words that I speak. I pray that the people who are listening hear what you want them to hear. Father, I thank you for this opportunity and every opportunity that you give us. You are a great and mighty God. Thank you for walking with us so we don't have to do this life alone. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for sticking with me for another week of content. I hope to see you back here next Monday. Set your alarm, set your notifications, whatever you got to do. Make sure you come back here Monday where I'll have a whole new week of content. I can't wait to hear from you guys. I can't wait to talk to you guys again Monday. And until then, stay blessed.